0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 46 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. I want to thank you, as always, for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say on any number of film topics. I also want to once more give a thank you to everyone who participated in In the poll, which decided last week's first ever commentary at the movies. Did my reaction and review to Batman while giving a commentary of the movie. And I have to say, it was a lot of fun. The reaction to the episode has been fantastic. And I expect to be doing more of these type of episodes later on in the year. So, if you're uh, like a number of people who voted for Jaws... Uh, in the poll, uh, fear not, the shark will be working at some point. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and as I said, the reaction was was enjoyable. But uh, f- you know, for me, it was it was a it was kind of a treat to go back and revisit Batman and give you my kind of live, if you will, not not quite live reaction, but but in the moment thoughts and takes on on the film while also sprinkling in little facts and and tidbits along the way. So hope you enjoyed it if you hadn't a chance to uh check it out it is available uh for your listening pleasure but uh I do expect to be doing more of them as the year progresses. So uh if uh if Batman wasn't your cup of tea, uh, there'll be other there'll be other uh brews if you will as the year progresses. But in any event Today, kind of switching up gears uh, just a little bit and talking about a recent film from the last couple of months. This was actually uh, one of my favorite films from last year, and each time I have revisited this film that I'm, I'm going to be talking about today, I have enjoyed it even more so than the first time. And the film that I am going to be giving you my thoughts and, and takeaways on is Steven Spielberg's fablemans and so spoiler alert before we uh before i begin today's show i loved this film and it just filled me with such a sense of of wonder and and passion and a kind of reformation of of following your dreams and and desires and the bonds of family and and the struggles of family it was just a it was just a perfect coming-of-age story that was semi-autobiographical and of course has that has that Spielberg charm and and as someone who's enjoyed all of his films and considers myself a, a big fan of his uh of his uh of his filmography I knew this was going to be a special film I just didn't expect it to be as impactful as uh, emotional and and at times uh you know pleasantly uh, sentimental so get to that in just a few moments but uh wow if if you haven't had a chance to to check out the fableman's i would highly highly recommend it because it was one of the best films from last year and, and i would rank it very high on on hilberg's uh list of of greatest films that he has ever made but more more to say on the Fablemans in just a few moments. At this point, do a little bit of housekeeping as always. Again, want to thank you for tuning in each week and hearing the show. Appreciate your support, your encouragement. The, the embrace and, and reaction and reception to this show has just been phenomenal. And I've said it before, I've been, been saying it for over a year now. This is a passion project for me. It will continue to be a passion project for me. But to have your encouragement, uh, your support, and and frankly, the friendships that have been made because of doing this show have just made it all the more worthwhile and enjoyable. Uh, I'm so pleased with the reaction, and, and I'm even happier with the connections that have been made. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Uh, and of course, at this time, if you have not done so, this be a, an opportunity to rate and review this podcast and to share it with your family, your friends, anybody who you think might enjoy listening to a fellow film buff go on and on, perhaps too long at certain points, over his love of of films and cinema, and to uh, to paraphrase Michael Keaton's Batman. I want you to tell all your friends about this podcast. Sorry. I got it. I got it out of my system. There's my, my attempt at a Michael Keaton Batman impression. Uh, as you can see, I'm still on a, I'm still on a Keaton high from, uh, from last week's, the flash trailer and certainly looking forward to, uh, to that coming down, uh, coming in just a few months. But, uh, In any event, of course, you know, just thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, to all the listeners for your support and your encouragement and embrace of this show. We'll keep going. I'll keep going for as long as my voice will let me. So thank you, thank you, and thank you. On to the main event today, which is the Fablemans. And I want to talk to you about this film. It's one of the nominees for Best Picture this year. It's a semi-autobiographical, semi-fictionalized account of Steven Spielberg's childhood. It's a it's a true coming-of-age story, and it really showcases how this young man in the film ultimately would become Steven Spielberg. Now, this is, I think, one of the finest films to come out. Last year, and and I I hesitate to use this word because it is so overused in the lexicon, but in this particular case, and because I'm talking about Steven Spielberg, I I think it is appropriate, but The Fablemans is an absolute masterpiece, and I underline that, and I say that in the context because Spielberg is being opened with us, the viewers, with this film, with this story that he is telling, this fictionalized, semi-fictionalized account of his childhood, of his upbringing, and ultimately the the bends and turns, if you will, that, that showcase how this man would become who he is today. And this is not a, a, a movie that sort of showcases parts of his life. Oh, here's Steven Spielberg, or in the film, Sammy Fabelman doing this movie and doing this movie. No. This is a coming-of-age story. This is how someone is a confused, unsettled boy who ultimately finds his footing as a young man. And it's through these trials and, and tribulations with his family and this struggle to to find an identity, to find a purpose that we ultimately can see at the very end the road that he is going on. And I will just say at the the very end of the film, it ends with the character Sammy Fableman on the back lot of CBS Studios and he's walking off into the sunset and, and kind of this I almost romantic sense that, that the future is just beginning. But as I as I mentioned a moment ago, Spielberg is being honest with us in this story and it's it's really his most vulnerable I think as a as a storyteller because this movie is not about someone else it's not about another event it's not about another person another historical figure this movie is about him and even though the names have been changed and there's a there's been some uh, Uh, creative liberties, if you will, applied to the story. At the end of the day, this movie is about him. It is about his life. And he is putting the camera for the first time in his career on himself, on his family. We're seeing it all. Warts, smiles, tears, blemishes, everything. The movie is called The Fablemans, and we are following the life of The Fablemans. But that is really a, a a vantage point, if you will, for which we can understand and see Steven Spielberg. Now, some people have said, oh, he just should have called them, uh, you know, the, his real-life family members, he should have just called the Spielbergs, and I disagree with that because I think the minute you you take away that, that title, the minute you, you immediately say this is truly an autobiographical film, the movie loses that, dare I say, movie magic, if you will. Because if we went into this movie thinking it's called The Spielbergs, you're automatically disconnected from the story, if you will. And Again, the genius of Steven Spielberg, he's able to draw you in through the characters and through the family. And what a perfect way by taking his childhood, taking his upbringing, but changing the names, changing the players involved and calling it Thus, the Fablemans, right off the bat, we, the audience, are invested in this journey. Even though it, it is semi is semi-autobiographical, we're more invested, if you will, than if it were just a straightforward autobiographical tale. So I, I understand why he, he did what he did, and I, I disagree wholeheartedly with any criticism that says oh it should have been called the Spielberg. it should have been a straightforward story no uh, in many ways this film is much bigger than just being a a semi-autobiographical tale getting back to what i said it's a coming of age story and coming of age stories are are, thro- are are known throughout our our literature and and, and film landscape And they offer a great sense of insight into character because you're taking somebody from one point in their life and watching them progress to another. We may not see the whole picture, nor do we need to, but we need to see how they are changed from one event to the next. And in the case of the Fablemans, we're watching a a real journey of not just the character of Sammy, who is sort of substituting for Stephen, but we're watching the journey of the entire Family and and it's it's raw, it's real, and it is emotional. A- and I think it it took a lot of guts. Uh, Spielberg apparently had been working on this film, or toying with this film for years. And both of his parents have since passed away. And so I think he probably felt a a, a sense of creative freedom in a way that he could tell this story. And and be honest about it, if you know, in other ways where he couldn't, if his parents were still alive. So I I, I can understand the idea of waiting and trying to get to this, uh, to get to this point, because this is not a, this is not an easy story to tell. Because as I said, he's in many ways putting his whole family on. Uh, on display, if you will, and it's it's raw, it's impactful, and it is revealing. Now, the film is a top-to-bottom triumph. I mean, Steven Spielberg is a director who I feel never misses, and as I indicated at the start of the show, I went into this movie expecting to like it because I enjoy the works of Spielberg, and he knows... How to use that movie magic, if you if you will, to convey a story and connect with an audience, but but this film resonated with me in in more ways than than I thought possible, and I, I mean it when I say it's a triumph because not only is it a fictionalized telling of this portion of his his life, but it goes much deeper than just the surface the sort of the surface level. Premise of either being a movie that is a love letter to filmmaking to cinema, or just a straightforward biopic. This film is is breathing with heart and and sorrow, and the sorrow I think is what ultimately drives this narrative, and I think kind of answers the question of what is Steven Spiel, Spielberg's raison d'être, what is his M.O. And, and in many ways as a director, as an auteur, the weight he must feel and certainly must have felt in his early years as a filmmaker and certainly as a as a as someone trying to f- understand who they are and figure out a purpose and identity the weight to be honest and to to be to be real and genuine. It is certainly tough in all aspects of life in some cases, but even more so, uh, if you will, when you think of it, the role of a filmmaker, because there's there's telling a story, but then there is telling a story and having it resonate. And so there's there's the sort of the art of filmmaking, which is you know, the, the act of moving pictures, showing images on the screen, but then there is truly the art of filmmaking and i put emphasis on the word art and it's one thing to just have a story a to z beginning middle and end it's another thing to have a story that stays with you that conveys a deeper sense of meaning and purpose and and really an understanding of 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 us of of people of our lives and Spielberg excels at that in in all of his films. He's able to take, in some cases, extraordinary premises and then bring it down to ground level and connect with audiences on an emotional basis. In this particular film, we're not dealing with sharks and or uh, extraterrestrials, but we are dealing with a family and we're dealing with family dynamics and the trials and, and tribulations of, of everyday life, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, all of that. And he's really, first off, you know, putting the camera on himself and deciding to shine the light and 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 keep the light. I mean, it's one thing to just sort of tell a story, but it's another thing to tell a story about yourself. And in this particular case, he is... Showing that not only do you have to be honest and you have to be forthright in, in telling a tale, but you also you also see the weight of of burden that falls a filmmaker, and and in this particular case, Steven Spielberg or, or Sammy Fabelman, the 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 ability to understand, the ability to convey and portray emotion, and and ultimately to To sort of peel back any mask any any coverings and and just showcase the world or the world of of an individual, so sort of a quick premise of the film right off the bat, we're introduced to a fun but certainly chaotic family uh and family life of the fablemans. his father in the film uh, called Bert fableman is played by First, I've, he's played wonderfully by the great Paul Dano. Uh, but his father is a scientist. He's a very button-down, no-nonsense, practical individual. And on the other hand, you have his mother in the film, Mitzi, played, again, fantastically by, by Michelle Williams. She is the artist. She is the free spirit. And early on, the film makes the makes the play at suggesting that this story, if you will, is really a battle, uh, a philosophical battle between the artist and the scientist, and, and Stephen, or in the film Sammy, played mainly by, by Gabriel LaBelle, who also delivers a, a killer and, and just moving performance, he's caught in the middle of this, of this struggle. And you might think off the bat, oh, it's going to go... One way, you know, it's going to go the the way of the artist, just given how Spielberg's life ended up. Well, I would posit that it it's much more complicated than that. This is more than just a a, a battle of viewpoints of creativity versus practicality, brains versus heart. Uh, this is more about understanding what creates an individual, what what makes an individual well-rounded, and ultimately figures out who they are and, and sort of shows that one's life can really be a, a complicated and, and messy canvas. Nothing is straightforward. Nothing is, is simple and, and to the point. And getting, it, getting back to what I mentioned earlier about, about the camera and the camera being a part of, of Sammy Fableman's identity, He's telling a story, and, and and not only are you telling a story again, A to B, but you're also presented with an obligation, and it's this challenge of truth and and presenting it. And so the camera, in a way, becomes this this tool of of presenting and 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 crafting the truth in a way. And so early on, uh, the way the film starts, Sammy and his parents go to see. A movie and the, and the film they go to see is is the greatest show on earth and it's meant to be Sammy's first uh, first time going to the theater and he is just blown away he's captivated by what he's seeing on screen particularly uh, for those of you who've maybe seen the film the great train crash that happens and he's so h- hooked and and mystified by what happens. He's then goes home and he tries to to rationalize and figure out how did they do this? How did this image on screen be constructed? And as a as a Hanukkah present, he's given this model train set. And with the use of his father's camera, he ends up reconstructing in a way or, or recreating the train crash with his model train set and filming. The incident to try and understand that level of control of what you're seeing on screen in many ways is an illusion. But you as the director, you as the storyteller, you're the the control. You have the ability to to show what the audience sees and to convey to their own imaginations something that may not even actually be there in real life. And so it's in that kind of formative scene that you can see the seeds, if you will, of, of Steven Spielberg's or, or Sammy Fabelman's life beginning. And, and he spends his, his childhood making movies with his sisters, and that later progresses to making movies with his friends and Boy Scout troop, and really to sort of taking a, a would-be passion, a, a hobby, and transforming it into a passion, and sort of the, the immediate struggle is his father views it as just that it is a hobby, whereas his mother is more encouraging of it being something that he can pursue, a real desire, a real craft. And you can see he's trying to to balance that struggle because you know sort of you know one parent on one end, one parent on 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 the other. And sort of throughout the course of, of this story Sammy is trying to understand his passion and ultimately hone it and in turn discover discover who he is now as I said the camera is, is sort of a, an extension of, of Spielberg because it is it is the, the tool by which you tell a story and you present images on on screen well, as I said at the start, the family is very chaotic they're very uh disjointed if you will, and there's a a sense that things are not quite uh quite right with his parents and that is ultimately hinted at through the friend his friend his father's friendship uh, uh with a man called Benny and it's sort of implied that his mother has a, a much friendlier relationship with, with Benny than meets the eye. And ultimately this all comes, uh, comes, comes out and comes to revelation when the family and Benny go on a camping trip after his father has moved the family cross-country to Arizona and Benny, of course, comes along with them. It's on this camping trip where Sammy is filming the 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 outing filming the, uh, the 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 family camping trip and not really putting anything together not really thinking of anything well when they return home from the camping trip his mother's mother passes away his grandmother passes away and his mother in many ways falls into a d- a despair into a depression And his father doesn't know how to reach her. He doesn't know how to help her. And so he goes to Sammy to try and see if he can help him reach his mother. And the way he thinks, maybe let's put together a home movie of the camping trip. Well, Sammy obliges he makes a a home movie of the camping trip. But it's in the process of putting the film together that he discovers a horrible truth that was hiding in plain sight while filming and it is that his mother is clearly having some kind of romantic relationship with Benny through accident just in the course of filming the, the family camping trip just sort of establishing shots footage uh, that he was taking he's caught by accident his mother's clear uh, affection and and quite possibly hidden relationship with Benny. And this leads to a great struggle between himself, uh, with himself, and ultimately his mother. And she finds out that he knows and it sort of becomes their their secret. And that just sort of in, intensifies the burden. Now, as a result, sp- uh, Sammy decides that he's he's done with filmmaking. He doesn't want to ever pick up the, the camera again because in that particular instance, the camera has become a, a burden of, of painful truth and, and ultimately a secret that he wishes he hadn't discovered. Well, the family ultimately... Gets His father gets another job in California, and they're all moving. And it's at this particular point that Benny, knowing what's going on, buys a a camera as a goodbye gift and gives it to, to Sammy. And they move to California. Sammy is sort of despondent, again, in part because of the burden that he is carrying, but also he's bullied at school. There's this whole... Um, you know, you know, anger at his mother and and just frustration with having to move there. There's some anti-Semitism going on, and and, and it just sort of is a, a a messy point of his life. And even though early on, of course, you know, filmmaking was this great passion. It was this great uh, this you know, more than a hobby in his life. He's he's rejected it. He's moved away from it, and it's because of what he discovered with the camera that that he can't pick it up again. Now ultimately of course he does pick up the camera again and Spielberg or, or Sammy you know, resolves his his conflict and and sort of happens with his parents getting a you know announcing they're going to be getting a divorce and and ultimately his uh his mother and him coming to a, an understanding and and really a uh, kind of a, a, a mutual a mutual respect, and it it, it it sort of ends with this this notion that there really is no you know clear cut and easy pathway to follow. That there are always going to be these unsuccessful bends of ter- bends and turns, and, and 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 disappointments, and it's ultimately how you sort of address them. And how you rise, uh, how you rise above them, and sort of tying it back to the relationship between Mitzi and and Sammy. At at the end of the film, it's clear that she has to be with Benny. Her fa- his father knows that, and and she has to follow, if you will, her her passion. She has to follow her her love. And 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 she's tried, but she can't. She can't stop loving Benny. The line that she says is, "You do what your heart says you have to, because you don't owe anyone your life." And so, while certainly no one in the family may agree with her choice, she can't deny her love for Benny, and she has to to see it through. And in turn, she's saying to her son, Sammy, you have to follow what you love. You you can't deny who you are. You don't owe anyone else your life. You have this one life. And so it's sort of this way of him saying, or her saying, don't give up on filmmaking. You have to follow through on it. And that to me sort of encapsulates this entire Struggle that was going on prior to this point uh, that, you know, she's following her heart. Sammy, in turn, must follow his heart. And there's another scene that happens early on in the movie. I think it's around the 50, maybe 50 minute mark or so. Um, Judd Hirsch, who plays uh, his uncle Boris in the movie, uh, he's only in it for god roughly no more than 10 12 minutes but you want to talk about a phenomenal supporting i mean it's one of these moments that you just sort of live for in in a in a great movie where you have a, a a wonderful actor come in and just steal not only the scene but steal the entire show and so boris is a Former, sort of like you know, B uh, movie actor, lion tamer in the circus performer, truly a, a, an artist, if you will, and he comes in. He's this loud, obnoxious older man, and and he's he's larger than life. He, he's like a character coming right from the pages of, of of a story or right off the screen, and of course, Judd Hirsch just just brings this character who could be over the top, but he he brings it in a way where he's able to uh, finesse the the absurdity and the loudness and and just make him grounded and believable and ultimately deliver a point. And for me, this whole scene between Sammy and Boris is, is the heart of the picture because it really ties together ultimately with what Mitzi is saying at the end about following your heart, and and you owing no one else your life. Boris, again, as I said, posing very uh, sort of aggressive in his personality, and he immediately spells it out to to Sammy and says, look, your mother could have been a great piano player. She could have been a concert uh, pianist, and she said, you know, you are just like her. Again, I'm paraphrasing. You're just like her. You've got her drive. You've got, you've got that same passion for art in her heart. And then he makes this, this gesture. And I, and I would say, if you haven't seen the film, this is one of those scenes, go find it on YouTube because it really is just this incredible, incredible scene. Hirsch's character says, Family art. And, and he's so expressive with his reactions and dialogue. He says, family art, it will tear you in two. And, and the line goes, I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Art will give you crowns in heaven and laurels on earth. But it will also tear your heart out and leave you lonely. That right there i think captures the real struggle of uh, of the art of the artist you can't half ass it you can't just decide i'm going to dabble in something you 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 fiddle around the edges with a hobby a passion you pour your heart your soul to borrow a cliche your blood, sweat, and tears. And Boris goes on. He says, "Art is no game. Art is dangerous as a lion's mouth. It'll bite your head off." And he said this. This is this is this again. The scene you have to watch it because Hirsch is electric, and and, and Labelle also. He's just mostly he's reacting. He he's just sort of. He's listening to to Hirsch's monologue, if you will. And and it's it's this wonderful give and take uh, between between uh, a seasoned and accomplished actor and certainly an actor who is going places. But Sammy says to him, putting your head in a lion's mouth is art. And, and Boris replies, he says, no, sticking your head in the mouth of a lion was balls. Making sure that the lion didn't eat my head. That is art. And so it just goes to this larger point that, that art, true art, is it is a struggle. And, and it is not something that can be compartmentalized. It is not something that can be sort of like a book you pull off the shelf and then put back. If you were going to invest in something, if you're going to commit to this passion... It's a hundred and ten percent, baby. You, you can't just say, "Well, I'll check in on Sunday." No, you have to do it every day, almost all hours. There's no sleeping. You are engaged. You are committed. It, it, it's dangerous in a lot of ways, and as he said, it will leave you lonely. But that is that is the price. That is the price, and. You tie that to what happens with the conversation with Mitzi and Sammy at the end, it it really hits home what Boris is saying. You don't owe anyone your life. You only owe it to yourself. You have to follow your heart. You have to follow your dreams. And if you sort of compare Sammy's passion with his mother's love for piano, she is someone who gave up her dream, or put her dream aside, or made her dream a hobby, and perhaps, perhaps it is what created the resentment with uh, uh, Mitzi and Bert. Perhaps it's what led to the 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 fraying of their marriage. It's what led to her looking for for other relationships. For what was looking maybe led her to pursuing a a relationship with Benny. I mean, again, this is all speculation, but it it sort of speaks to that point. You can't compromise your own happiness and expect to be happy. You have to commit to it. You have to embrace it. And you have to understand that it may disappoint people. It may dissuade people. But you have to be happy because if you are compromising with yourself, you're automatically setting yourself up. For, for failure, and I, that really spoke to me. It really spoke to me because you you think of this movie sort of, on again, on the surface level, that it's, oh, f- wonderful coming-of-age story, movie, uh, love letter to, to Spielberg's childhood and, and the art of filmmaking. And yes, all of that is there. It's semi-autobiographical. There's a... There's, there's something to be said that it's a love letter to the art of filmmaking. But it's more than that. It, it, this movie is talking to us about passion. It's talking to us about heart. And it's ultimately speaking to a larger theme about art itself. That this is not a a, a simple, straightforward proposition. It's complicated. It's messy. It can be confusing. It can be mind-numbing. But it is also rewarding. It's engaging. And you sort of compare the Boris character, in a way, to someone, again, lion tamer, circus performer, small parts of movies, a a true performer at heart. He's clearly happy with his life. and We get that from his, his interaction in the short time that he's on film, he's happy with his life. He is proud of his life. He underst he even acknowledges that, you know, did I enjoy leaving everybody behind and, and going off to, to, to essentially join the circus? No, but he said, I had to follow my heart. I had to do what brought me joy, what brought me fulfillment. And that's relatable. That is relatable because in a lot of ways, we spend much of our lives compromising on our dreams, on our happiness. And again, there's a time and a place, of course, for compromise. I understand that. But if we want to achieve something, if we want to fulfill a dream, if we want to turn a hobby into a passion, it it does require sacrifice. And sometimes we're not willing to make that sacrifice and that's fine that's acceptable but we shouldn't give up on it because of what other people may think or because we're afraid or because we think we'll fail the minute you have those those thoughts you've immediately you've immediately upset the apple cart if you will and and there's another line in in the movie that that really stuck out to me again from Mitzi, guilt is a wasted emotion. A- a- again, there's a lot of these little gems in the film where where you sort of can paint a bigger picture and a, a broader meaning meaning from the line. But but that particular one, guilt is a wasted emotion. I- in many ways, it's true. Like we spend so much of our our lives feeling in a way let's say guilty over over a decision because we worry about what other people are going to think or will I be letting someone down or I oh I don't want to disappoint them and I think what it's ultimately saying is it's worse if you spend your time kind of in self pity or or nursing old wounds again it's like Boris with the with the lion sometimes you just got to put your head in the lion's mouth and yes, you might be afraid. Now again, I'm not advocating go out and do that necessarily, but metaphorically, it it's scary. It's 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 unnerving, but it can also be rewarding, and it can can lead to fulfillment and 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 real joy. And that's I think what ultimately this film speaks to. There there is happiness. You know, we all have happiness. We all uh you know get a cup of coffee that can put a smile on her face but but happiness can be can be fleeting joy is something more joy is in many ways everlasting joy can come from real accomplishment from 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 achievement and having a a real connection that that resonates. Joy can ultimately sustain you. And I think it's saying that that happiness, you should not mistake happiness or you should not mistake joy for happiness. Sometimes you have to dig just a little deeper. Now, as I said early on, the film suggests a struggle between the scientist and and the artist, that this is a, a philosophical battle between his mother and his father's viewpoints on life. And you immediately think, okay, well, the father is the square, the mother is the free spirit, we know how it's all going to end up. And while certainly Sammy's Spielberg, how you're going to look at it, his passion and career is more in line with his mother i i would argue at the end of it and so i think in many ways you could even look at spielberg's life at the end of this film i almost feel like sammy didn't have to choose between the artist or the scientist you know he didn't have to choose between his mother's philosophy or his father's philosophy he embraced both he embraced both aspects of his parents. His his father's determination, sort of that practical put your nose to the grindstone mentality, and his mother's flair, his mother's drive. And I think it's that that's the, that's a larger theme takeaway from this film is that our upbringing can sometimes reflect both parents, both philosophies. It doesn't have to be a either-or. You don't have to pick and choose. You can embrace both. And I think that's ultimately what happens with Sammy at the end. It, there is this, this general acceptance. And, and you see at the end, yes, his father's encouraging of his of him following his dream but but it's it's really i think this this takeaway that there is this this the these two parts uh to sammy one part the artist and and one part the scientist and though you know again you know he's certainly much more in line with with the artistic side you, you know you can't have one without the other especially in in filmmaking, and so I, I I really saw it as a as a, that was the the final message. That was the final takeaway of it. This sort of you know you're not choosing sides, but ultimately embracing both sides and merging both together to to become a well-rounded individual. And as I said at the start, the film is not a true biopic. It's not meant to show this point of the character's life or this point of the person's life, this point, this point, this point. No, it is a coming of age story. It is meant to show a progression. And we see in the case of Sammy, he goes from an uncertain individual to ultimately a confident individual who is well-rounded, who is sure of himself, and ultimately ready to take on whatever is coming his way and in part that is achieved because of sort of his own discovery but also the fulfillment of of his dream and and his passion and i i would be remiss if i didn't mention this final this final scene because it it's another another showstopper the film ends with Sammy getting a job as an assistant to an assistant at CBF studios and the producer is working on the show Hogan's Heroes and he knows that Sammy has a love of filmmaking and wants to be a filmmaker and so he sets up an interview with John Ford and again I don't know if this was all you know this is I think more of a fictionalized aspect but again it sort of speaks to a larger uh takeaway from the film. And so the film ends with with Sammy interacting with John Ford, played magnificently by director David Lynch. I mean again, do yourself a favor and watch the clip. You can find it online. I mean again, watch this film, but but certainly these clips are are easily accessible. Lynch looks like looks like John Ford. He's got the eye patch, he's got the hat, the cigar, everything. And they had this great dialogue where again Sammy is more reacting. He's he's listening. And uh John Ford is delivering this this lecture, if you will, this mini lecture on filmmaking and how how to hold point the camera, how to, to shoot a scene. And it kind of just instills this newfound sense of confidence with with Sammy uh, as he walks out of the the office and, and across the studio. And there's this great breaking of the fourth wall moment where one of the advice that Ford gives Sammy is that when you have your camera and you're framing it, to always have the horizon at the bottom. And at the end of the film, when Sammy is walking away the 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 camera is framed on the horizon dead center contrary to Ford's advice and so in a nice kind of nod if you will to to breaking of the fourth wall and sort of an acknowledgement of of you know sort of the uh, the character Spielberg however you were to look at it uh, growth and, and understanding the 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 focus shifts the camera framing changes and it's no longer dead center. Uh, the horizon is no longer dead center, but it is now reframed to at uh, to be at the bottom of the screen. So, again, just sort of showing where this character, where this person is going to go, that they understand uh, the message, they understand the lesson. And, I mean, the rest, as they say, is, is history. We know where Sammy Favelman, we know where Steven Spielberg is going to end up, but... For me, I I took away much more from this film than it just being a biographical tale of of a young Steven Spielberg. I really looked at it as a much more emotional story about family and the dynamics that go on in every family and how they shape and 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 cultivate our world and 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 influence how we Uh, the people we ultimately become. And that's why I really think, looking back on it, and again, I've seen the film multiple times, Sammy is both his parents by the end of the film. He has the drive of his mother, but also the determination of his father. And it's this nice molding and melding of the two worlds where he doesn't have to choose. He doesn't have to pick one over the other. He can have it both ways. And... Again, just I mean, there's there's so much uh, message and 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 takeaways from this film than it just being oh here's a a coming of age story. There's these these pockets of information, and it's sort of expressed through these different characters. You have Mitzi, you have Bert, but you also have Uncle Boris, and at the very end, John uh, John Ford. And I sort of looked at it. All four of these characters in the film play a role in influencing and helping this young man on his journey and bringing him full circle into into who he ultimately becomes it, it's oh it's it's a special film it's truly a magnificent one i i would not be disappointed if it won uh, best picture i don't think it will but it it, it just shows you how much i how much I invested in this film and really took away from it because I think you know, whether you're pursuing any passion, I think you can look at this film and take away its message. And it's, it's cliched, but it is so true. You have to follow your heart. You have to follow your heart if you want to achieve your dreams and ultimately have joy and have that sustained joy joy in your life I mean that's applicable I think in all aspects not just whether or not you're pursuing a career in filmmaking or or some other passion I think finding joy is really uh, something we all seek it's that universal trail and and we're we're constantly looking for it and I think sometimes we mistake happiness for joy but but joy it's it's more than it's here's how I would look at it happiness is is getting your cup of coffee and pouring the cup of coffee joy comes from drinking that first sip and and just basking in that glow if that makes any sense it, it's something that sustains you and kind of can carry you throughout the day I mean the coffee metaphor may not be the best way to go but I I think you might get where I'm, I'm coming from. That happiness is, is sort of momentary, but but joy can be everlasting. Joy can sort of bring us fulfillment, and and joy can be found in any in many things: in family, in love, in pursuing our passions, in achievement, child. You know, the, we all have those moments of joy those those pockets of joy those those fulfillments of joy and i think this film rightfully so sort of paints a a beautiful canvas of just what joy can be and and how it can be achieved and ultimately ultimately sustained and like i said at the start i i really tip my hat to spielberg because this is not a this is not an easy film in a lot of ways because you are being uh you have to be truthful you have to be aware that that this is this is your story and again while it is, it is fictionalized at the end of the day this is this is meant to showcase his young young adulthood this is his childhood this is his upbringing and i think we can all relate to the different pitfalls, the different triumphs, the different struggles of of everyday life and ultimately sort of take with us different moments, different experiences and help make us sort of well-rounded individuals. And, I mean, at the end of it, I found myself just, just in awe uh, of this film. And I think partly because, I mean, wanted Spielberg and he knows, as I said, where to, where to put the camera. He knows how to elicit that emotion, but the film is so open and, and it doesn't, it doesn't hold back. And there, there's a, there's a universal truth in there. And I've said it throughout it that you have to, you have to be true to yourself, but you also have to be willing to acknowledge that the truth can sometimes be hurtful and, 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 and you know, it cuts both ways. But I think so long as you embrace the truth and acknowledge the truth, there, there is nothing that could stand uh, in your way. All right, I I've, I've probably gone on a little too uh more than I intended to on this film. I mean, I'm just sort of looking over my my notes here and this is a film. I mean, I could go on I think for for days it seems with this one because there there's many different layers to it and and it's a film that I I, I enjoy, I've enjoyed returning to and I expect I will continue Uh, ...to revisit it again and again... ...because it it just... ...has something special about it... ...it's a special quality... ...about dreams, about family... and, ...and ultimately about passion... ...it's more than just... ...a story of how a boy became a filmmaker... ...it's really about what made... ...the boy... ...and what made him become... ...who he is... ...and the filmmaking aspect is almost... ...incidental... ...it's more a story... Of how somebody came, went from one point in their life and all ultimately to another, and what shaped them, what what created them, if you will, and how they ultimately realized their their purpose, realized their own truth, and and followed their own path. But I I'll stop there. I appreciate you all taking the time to listen to today's show. This was a lot of fun and if you haven't had a chance to to check out this film i highly recommend it because it is really special and as someone who who loves spielberg's films i i knew i was going to enjoy it but i did not expect to come away with such a feeling of of just awe and 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 wonder from it because it really it, to me it kind of it 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 does what it what a good movie you kind know, of can, can do at the end of the day, which is to really, really in, inspire us, really connect with us on a very human level. And, and I felt that I felt that we were seeing a real uh, window into this family's life and and this part of their journey. And it, it was really it was really inspiring. And you know, kind of looking at at at, at your own life and and thinking, you know, you, you have to. You have to be true to yourself, and you have to follow your passion wherever it may lead. The worst thing you can do is to deny it and 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 sort of deny yourself that 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 happiness and ultimately that joy because it is so important. And and we only get one life. We only get one. We only get one shot of it. So we might as well make the very best with with what time we have on this earth. But. I will stop right there, and again, thank you for tuning in this week. I'll be back next week, and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies. Have a good weekend, guys.